0: Welcome to the Akashic Reading podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host Terry Uptena, and today we'll be comparing what it means to be embodied as an educational experience versus being a mature soul in service. Most religions and much of spirituality focus on the soul as student as child, embodying in order to learn basic lessons of existence. Somewhat like mathematics, these lessons are seen as needing to be learned in order, and once we learn one, we're graded, rewarded, and can then be assigned a new lesson to learn, and so on. As learning and becoming are some of the major purposes of this planet, and what the majority of souls are embodying to do, this is in general fairly accurate as far as generalizations go. One thing to note is life is not math, so we don't need to learn one lesson at a time, and most people don't, just as we don't learn one and only one thing at a time when we're children. School is where we learn not only academic subjects, but social rules and dynamics, how to interconnect one-on-one with others our own age as well as adults outside our social circle and that the world is a much bigger place than the universe of home, which we have come to know. And that's just first grade. Also, there's a lot more to learning something than just getting it. The true test is in whether or not we can apply what we think we have learned. For example, in getting a driver's license, there is both a written and a practical exam. The intellectual knowing of something doesn't make you a driver, and one particular moment in time where you're demonstrating the complex task of driving doesn't mean that you're able to demonstrate your ability to deal with every situation required of a driver. Therefore, we must go through both tests to be certified legal to drive. So too in life. Once we know a lesson, we then must demonstrate we can apply the lesson in an embodied life. This may happen in the same life where we learned the lesson, but most often happens in subsequent lives. If we're struggling with a particular lesson, we may construct a life which causes us to focus specifically on the issue, somewhat like running cattle through a series of ever-smaller chutes in order to quickly and safely get them into a corral. Without distraction, and with no room to turn around or jump over any obstructions on the sides, They're forced to move forward to the correct destination, which doesn't prevent some determined cows from trying. There is, however, another reason for embodying which most people don't realize exists or don't focus on, and this is service. Souls eventually do mature, graduate as it were, and so no longer need to learn basic lessons of existence they move on to unfolding their abilities in a way which can add to the becoming of all beingness and enhance the experience of others. For lack of a better term, I call this choosing to be in service or taking on a career. Those who have skill sets and an interest in embodiment sometimes choose to embody in order to provide their services to embodied souls or to augment the embodied experience. Historically, these were the medicine elders, spiritual leaders, healers, benevolent political leaders, and so on within the various cultures worldwide. At various times, through pre- and recorded history, there have been less or more healers depending on the needs of the community being served. As we've entered into the paradigm shift, this time when the matriarchal culture features are returning and blending with technological societies... There's been a surge of beings in service choosing to embody. Over the past 80 to 100 years, more and more mature souls are embodying in order to help in a multitude of ways, as we attempt once again to mature into the inventions and capabilities we've brought and are bringing into being. The ways they are choosing to help are always elegant and a blessing, but oftentimes surprising. While there are a large contingent of people who are healers in one aspect or another, and more coming, there are also those who choose to work with aspects of embodied life other than people. There are scientists who are helping to put ethics back into science, and the should we, into the equation, along with the can we. There are those who choose a true warrior's life in order to put positive strength into the world. Many of these live solitary lives away from others in order to fully expand their spiritual nature without having to carry the burden of social constrictions or the cares and concerns of others. There are some mature souls who embody in order to provide enlightened parents to the new generation who are coming to embody this new version of matriarchal social interconnection, taking on other projects along the way which hone their skills nurture their personal interests, or enhance their service in other areas. There are even contingents of mature souls who embody with the specific intent of forgetting everything about their true nature. They are neither here to learn nor to teach, but instead to radiate their beingness into the world, like the trees taking in nitrogen and exhaling oxygen. In the embodied lives they choose, they are neither spiritual nor even necessarily intelligent. They do not glow, are not savants, or are the marginalized living outside of society. Most are the salt of the earth, living among us blissfully unaware that they are one of the fasteners stabilizing positive energy into the world and converting the negative into useful material. Of course, It's impossible to list all the ways which mature souls might come into the world to be of service, just as it's impossible to actually describe in detail the complexity of the world we live in. However, what is important to note is these lives don't necessarily look amazingly different from lives of education. Being embodied, no matter what the reason, is difficult and experiential. We will therefore have hard knocks and learn things regardless of why we came here or what we choose to do now that we're in the thick of things. Being a mature soul doesn't mean you get a pass as evidenced by the Dalai Lama, Pope Francis, Gandhi, and many others. Just as children mistakenly see adulthood as adding agency to the freedom of childhood, rather than seeing the reduction of freedom and the addition of responsibility, So we tend to think of being in service as meaning we are somehow above the mundane and able to ignore the realities of embodied life. In fact, it's quite the reverse. As Tara, mother of Buddha, and Kuan Yin demonstrate, to be in service is to be of and in the world, more fully partaking of its hardships and wonders rather than less. So those who come to be in service particularly those who intend to work with people in some manner, choose to be born into families which will be difficult in some way. This can be anything from not feeling like they fit in, to the UN definition of torture, and everything in between. This is not random, but very carefully calculated to trigger the person into using specific gifts to enhance or awaken latent skills, And to turn on traits they've acquired through various means and convert them into applicable talents in this particular life. This is not to say any particular parental behaviors or specific events in childhood were pre planned or agreed upon. Everyone has free will, including our parents. So what they agreed to do and be before becoming embodied might not be what they became or what they do once they get here. However, Those coming to be in service seek out difficulties in childhood in order to create the necessary empathy, the brokenness which spurs connection, the desire to help others because they themselves needed help in their formative years. For those in service, it's not the childhood which is most crucial, but the years afterwards, the twenties and to some extent the thirties. It's in these years the time period when we're coming to terms with the fact that the universe our parents built was not a universe, but a cardboard construction, that we actually exist in a universe which is much bigger, our parents are not gods but human, and we're free to build our own world, it's here we're expecting to work through any of the childhood-specific issues we are left with, so we can move forward into our path of service. This, of course, is much easier to write than it is to live, and where most people get very stuck. One of the ways in which people get stuck is in looking for the lessons in their experiences. What am I meant to learn from this? For someone living an education life, there are usually clear markers pointing in the direction of the answer, the person being unable to see them notwithstanding. However, for a person in service, the experiences are not a lesson per se. Opening the door to the garage is not a lesson, it's a means of getting into the garage so one can access the vehicle parked there. Just because you have to get up, get the key, unlock the door, go through the door, then close it to keep the animals in and the cold out, doesn't have some amazing lesson involved. Although we as meaning makers can find metaphysical and philosophical meaning in just about anything. That's why the kiosk, at the Metaphysical Fun Park, has a dot with an arrow stating, why are you here? Struggling to find the lessons in the events keeps people from the real goal, healing into them, moving beyond surviving into thriving, seeing them as the foundation for unfolding into their true nature here, and allowing this to flow out to others. Often this need to find the lessons stems from a need Not to feel our emotions, not to sink into the flexibility of balance and movement of the interconnected experience of the now, but instead to protect ourselves by being in control. By intellectually understanding the situation in all aspects, we can then feel we're empowered to control it and our environment, thereby prevent any further negative impacts to ourselves. This never works out as we experience over and over again, but our fear spurs our brains to problem-solve, to seek out answers, to find solutions, to discover the key thing which will solve everything and release us. The problem is, those who came to be of service voluntarily came, not to be released, but to delve deeply into this difficult thing called life to not only live in it, but help others to do so healthily and successfully. If we're not up to our elbows in living, then we're missing the point. There are a variety of ways which we can remind ourselves of whether or not we came to live in service. One is to have a calling or a passion. If we've known since we were small we were meant to do something like write or dance or be a doctor or whatever, then we more than likely came to live a life of service, and a very specific one, our soul programmed in, so during embodied life we wouldn't mistake the direction we wanted to go in and which we prepared our bodies for. Another way is that nagging feeling there should be something more. That This life feels a bit empty, and there is something which is nagging, something we're meant to do or be, if we could only just remember what it is. There are those who discover what they're meant to do as they brush up against information concerning it, whether through direct contact or by hearing about it from others. Our guides can help us remember this information. However, we often trip ourselves up by the way in which we ask. Most people construct their question as if they're students requesting guidance from a teacher or authority figure, and of course our guides are neither, and so they can't respond. We're responsible for our lives and how we implement them, exponentially more so once we are mature souls in service. So they can provide us information about what we had intended, whatever they have available, but can't make choices for us or influence into making one choice over another. It can be helpful to think of these situations like spelling bee's. We're trying to figure out how something is spelled, and our guides can give us pronunciations, root languages, how to use the word in a sentence, but they can't spell it out for us. In many cases, they're working from a thesaurus, and can't even choose the word we should spell, instead giving us a list of choices which will all work just as well depending on how we prefer to express ourselves. Meditation can help us find the path we wanted to walk, and Many people experience this through a simple guided visualization, which asks them to see themselves five years from now. If you add in, what would my life look like if I were fully expressing my path, then the meditation becomes a way of seeing the most probable embodiment based on current choices and resources, therefore being rather powerful and often accurate. Another way to access this information is through your soul book. Section 4 details what service work the soul is doing, which is the bigger picture, while Section 5, at the beginning of the section, will have the service plans for the current life along with all of the selection criteria. My class, Find Your Calling in the Akashics, is designed specifically to guide students through any lingering stuckness and into a deep understanding of their service and what possible paths they can choose in this life to implement it. Sweat Lodge can also be helpful if one is held specifically for the purpose of bringing this information into focus, and the traditional Native American practices of Vision Quest allow a person to experience the details of who they intended to be here, and how to manifest it in this embodied life. No matter what type of life we came here to live, or the reasons for living it, we all learn new things. This life is experiential, and part of the attraction is the unique experiences it affords, which we can have nowhere else. There may be nothing new under the sun, but like snowflakes, each life is unique and brings into being unique expressions which enrich the all. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be exploring the passion trend, what it means to have one, and the benefits of doing without. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate it five stars on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.